Hey, what's good, people? This is the Option Podcast. This is episode 138. Does it matter? No, it doesn't, because I got this guy, Sam Schweitzer. We're going to find out what he's all about. The episode starts right now. What's good, people? You have asked, you have asked, and you have asked. So now I deliver because for me, I've got to give the people, give the people what they want. Oh, hot damn. This is my Sam. What's up, Sam? What's up, man? Not much, man. It's good to see you, Jay. How are you? Yeah, cool. I think it's safe to say as far as like people going way back before we did all this, uh, um, I'll, 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 I'll save that at the end, but um, two words for you, Hunter High School. <laughs> Hunter High School and Central Park. I, yes. I, I feel like my memories of you start eighth, ninth grade, Central Park, playing fours on the cement courts, man. That's, that's where I grew up playing, and I remember that being a really welcoming environment. Yeah, well, welcome environment for the people who are ballers, right? And you, you, I mean, you as a kid, I got to tell you, you were the probably the youngest one out of the bunch of us. So you, you had to, you had to, you had to represent right away. There was no, right? There was no easing into the, the hostile crowds of the Dominicans, Ren Osborne, you know, Leandro, Kelvio and those guys. So, yeah. so I, I guess. There was I'm, a little, I mean, so, so Dan Ross uh, was a senior my freshman year and I remember just, I was going through Central Park and I bumped into him and he, he told me about the scene. He was like, yeah, they play in the summer. They play on the weekdays, weekends. I just started showing up. And yeah, all those guys, Ren, Kilvio, Elvis, man, they, they were inviting, but then they would they'd beat you up. You know, if you couldn't play, you'd get tossed pretty quick. It's and true. Watch and you'd learn. And you'd learn some Spanish. You'd learn some volleyball. You'd learn some New York City culture. And yeah. it was my favorite thing in the world just to get up on a Saturday morning and fill a few seltzer bottles full of water and bike up there and. Yep. Play all day, and if you could hang on the on the A court, you'd stay, and if you couldn't, you'd bounce to the B court and fight your way back, and it was it was awesome. Yeah, that was that was fun, and that happened to be your major in college, right? Hispanic studies. And that's honestly, you know, it's funny actually. We just we got off the plane LAX and we landed, and the guys we took them to In and Out, and we bumped it to NGU, same team we're playing, and they got a bunch of guys from Puerto Rico, and we start chatting. I'm talking Spanish with them, and they're like, "Oh, where are you from?" I'm like, oh, "I'm." I'm from New York. It's like, no, no, but where are you from? I'm like, I'm American. And they're like, really? And we're talking Spanish. I'm like, yeah, but I grew up with Puerto Ricans, Dominicans, Chileans, Peruvians, Venezuelans. And, and I loved it. And that's where it sparked the interest in me to then study Spanish in college, live in Madrid, go study abroad. It was just that, that welcoming energy from my young years with all those, those New York city guys mm-hmm. that really inspired this interest in Spanish culture and how diverse it was, right? Everyone spoke Spanish, but you know, those guys saying, Becau, you know, you netted. And, and I'd be like, oh, that's that's Dominican. And that's El Salvadorian yes. slang. And that's Puerto Rican slang. I was so fascinated by that. Um, I got really interested in the Spanish language and the culture. And I, and I love it. Well, it's because for the Dominicans who live uptown, Sam, like if if it don't start with the letter S, they ain't, they ain't using it. <laughs> right? Pe- peca- I mean, for the people listening, pecado is, is really pescado. It means fish. Right. You got a fish in the net, but they like pecado. You know, right. or, or well, I would go, you know, I, I would come from from there and I'd go into my eighth grade or ninth or tenth grade Spanish class and I would say like uno, dos, tres. And they'd be like, no, no, uno, dos, tres. Mm-hmm. And I, no, 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 but in this, they say it like uno, dos, tres. Yep. And it's 
be like, yeah, that's correct, but it's not, you know. Yes. I'm so enamored with the just the style. The, and then, like, when reggaeton became a thing, I was like, stand some of the lyrics. I, was, I felt so, like, um, so much pride to be sort of included uh, into a bit of the culture. Like, I was sort of like, they're like, yeah, you're gringo, but you're cool. And we'll teach you some of this. And you can hang with us. And I, I love the, I see those guys from time to time. And it just brings such a, my heart fills with, uh, with love for the, for the New York City culture. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Sam, is the lighting behind me okay? You can see me okay? Am I dark or am I? Uh, no, you're good. You're like good. The perfect shot? Cool. Because I actually yeah. have a, a overhead light that I use to light everybody up. But 24, I've been podcasting for almost 24 hours straight. It is hot as balls in this thing, man. That's a lot. And, and, That's um, a lot of and that light. It brings actually like the heat down, and I'm and I'm comfortable being uncomfortable, right? Because it means we got stuff to talk about. But you're yeah. so right. You're like como esta. I'm like no, como esta. And like who's your favorite um reggaeton artist? Elvi Crespo. You mean Elvis Crespo? <laughs> right. Right. So. I hey the uh for the people watching the video version that's a there's a big P on that man's uh shirt that P stands for Princeton Princeton stands for EIVA Eastern Eastern Intercollegiate Volleyball Association Champions which by the way for men's indoor volleyball is an automatic bid ha 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 you're second in a row right technically second in a row yeah we, we won in 2019 uh and then we didn't play in well everyone got shut down in 2020 right yeah. Ivy League opted not to play in 21 because of COVID restrictions. So yes, last mm -hmm. since last time we played, technically second in a row for us. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, one prior, you were in the finals against Harvard, right? Oh yeah, yeah we were in the EIVA finals in in uh, 18. Right. Yeah. yeah, we were the one seed again. Played at Mason, ended up playing Harvard in the finals. Yeah. So yeah, yeah three EIVA finals in a row. And they had to beat Penn State to get in. So that wasn't that was a true Ivy League finals. You had to beat Mason, I think. Yeah, right? we upset. We were the one seed upset Mason, who was sorry. We were the four seed upset Mason, the one seed, and I think I can't remember. Harvard and Penn State were three and two, and yeah, right. Uh, upset Penn State, I think, in that in 2018. Yeah, they had a great team that year. Yeah, whatever order, man. I like it. So first of all, uh, congratulations. Congratulations. I feel like, you. Um, you know, like with volleyball and it being the six degrees of separation and, and you, you go to Miami, you wind up in Jersey, I come to L.A., you know, what I'm saying I'm coaching beach out here and I'm doing a bunch of good things. And and look where it's come. Episode 137 of 138 full circle. Just two, yeah. just two guys on the Upper East Side, one in the Upper West Side, and we're just chatting it up. So I really yep. I, I, it all comes back to the borough, baby. Um, exactly. Congratulations. You play who first? Who do you play first? Uh, North Greenville. North Greenville, uh, they're winner of the, the Conference of Carolinas. They beat Mount Olive in a great five-set championship match. We got to watch that match on film. A great yeah. match. They're opposite. Incredible player. Uh, Torres went off in that match. Dude, dude, Torres could do no wrong, man. Dude, he's unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> in and out, shook his hand, and I said, man, you are – and he's a freshman, too. It's like that much talent as a freshman, like this kid's uh, career is going to be on the up and up. So – yeah, they're an incredibly talented team. And, you know, when you play a team uh, not in your conference that you don't know that well, there's a bit of like, you know, kind of that boxing match when you kind of dance around the ring and try to figure each other out. Like, we're going to be real curious to figure them out early because, you know, they're they're super talented and, uh, you know, they play a different style. But mm -hmm. Torres is, is dynamite. And so that's yeah. going to be 
certainly the, the focal point for us to try to try to slow them down if we can. And big up to the setter too, because sometimes you see some mismatches in this and that. But when, uh, I mean, I mean, we really try to teach our kids, right? Like sometimes if someone's hot, <laughs> who cares? <laughs> who cares if yeah. he's double team? Who cares if he's triple team? Sometimes you got to know when to ride that, right? I think that's yeah. that sort of divides a good setter from a great setter, right? I, I mean, he's he's a great setter. I was actually just chatting with him in and out. He was telling me how he came to NGU first and then told about those five of the six starters all from puerto rico all played club or different regional teams growing up together so they've known yeah. each other for a long time and you can see when the setter starts grooving with him that like oh yeah he knows yeah. he's coming he knows where the ball is going to be and to your point yeah it's like okay it's double team triple team fine like doesn't ride matter. him ride him strap on ride him. yeah yeah and so uh no we're ready for we're ready for a very good team and we're, we're excited for it I actually have been coaching on a club long enough out here to remember some of those guys playing for um San Juan, like the club oh, sure. team. Yeah, yeah sure. Um, I might have even ran into one of them. I was coaching Evolution at, in 2016. Uh, okay. Duncan Avery's kids. Uh, Duncan yeah. played at Long Beach State. Um, and actually, Lewis Richard was with us too from Long Beach State. He was one of our yeah, he was one of the coaches with us. Nice guy, right? <laughs> great. I coached I coach Lewis uh, 2013 on a high performance team. Yeah, funded 19s, right? Real nice guy, great player, and great coach now. He's over yeah. at he's working at um, Northwestern as a volunteer, I believe, on the women's side. Good for him. Get more yeah. opportunities. He's got a great personality. Uh, people yeah. warm up to him. He's he's a good exes in those guys. And I and I guess as he gets older, he'll start he'll start to get some of that um that old that older uh, coach's intuition, right? Um, but sure. then just some people are young and bright and really good right away. Like, yeah. dude, there's a, a girl named Kamalo. I'm, I'm I'm with Jason Olive at LA Volleyball Club. And the most experienced coach is me, hands down. But the best guy for the job is this woman named Kamalu. She's set for Northridge and she's 24 and she is incredibly bright. Uh, she ain't Hunter High School bright. All right? I, I got to watch my mouth here, okay? But um, she is incredibly bright, all right? So, um, yeah, good luck to him. So you're going to- I got a quick, while you're please. on, I got a quick Jason Olive story. So please. 97 it was my senior year at high school senior year at hunter high school and elvis elvis for those who don't know the king of new york city volleyball um he was the elvis, king of rock and roll man for two decades oh my god man unbelievable but he he put together there was some league going on at hunter college and he called me and said hey come play you know on this team i said okay and this team was jason olive elvis like i mean i i was in awe of the level and i just remember like you know, I was, I think I, that libero didn't exist yet. So I was like the L2, the guy that passed, but they never set, just kind of like right. you know, hang on the court. And we just set Jason all of every ball. Yeah. That was three years before the libero. Yeah. Um, he, yeah. Unbelievable. I have a friend of mine, uh, Aldis Lucis. Um, yeah. He, he actually played at UCLA um, at wrestling and volleyball. And he's oh, also wow. Tina Gradino's godfather. So there's, uh, there's, okay. there, there's a six degrees of separation again. But he was yeah. my volleyball mentor, Mario Trevich. And he and oh, him, sure. those are my two um, indoor mentors. For Beach is oh, John yeah. John Mayer, LMU, and a guy yeah. named Oz Borges, a, a Cuban, a Cubano. Okay. That hung, he hung out with a lot of the Puerto Ricans. But anyway, nice. when we were watching Jason play, in fact, at Hunter College, in that pro league, that was a one-year, yeah. like, I don't know what the prize money was, but it brought out all kinds of savages. Yeah. And when he watched Jason jump and hit, he said, that guy's cruising. Yeah. He, he said, he's not even trying. He said, that guy's cruising. Yeah. <laughs> and that was that. Oh yeah. man. So so there are a lot of things you want to fix from 2019. Like you played who'd you play in 2019? Uh we played Barton in the first round uh at their place and we beat them in four, I believe. And then we played nine in the first round of six and we lost in five, a good five set match. And right. 
And they're and they're in too, right? Pepper, they're in. They're in. Um, did they get a bid? Yep, yep, they're in this year as well. Yeah, they yeah. play. They UCLA beat Stanford in round of six. Yeah. yeah, and they beat Stanford in the finals. Um, they beat Stanford, who beat UCLA, up to UCLA in the semis. Yeah, yeah. Well, Stanford, they're fourteen and twelve, but don't let that record fool you. They, yeah. if you look at their lineup of wins, all right, they'll beat UCLA one night, and UCLA get mad and beat the hell out of them the night before. But you can't unring that bell, right? A win's a win. And then exactly. they finish their season beating BYU. Um, um, Luke Turner. He's the opposite there. Um, he's, he's my best friend's son, Wendy Jones. Nice. Um, from the op okay. Wendy Jones is of the Optimist Journal. She's like yeah. this health and wellness person, and she's yeah, yeah. She, her daughter's at TCU playing for Hector for the beach team, and her son was a starting oppo at Stanford. So one of those power moms that you know kind of gets the game. Oh yeah, we we recruited Luke. Uh, you know, one of his best friends, Henry Robush, is on set on our team. We got yeah. a bunch of bunch of loyal guys and uh, um, and surf. No, he's a great player, great yeah. family. Love recruiting him, and yeah, I'm really yeah. excited to see him doing so well. Very respectful too. He's he's the kind oh, yeah. of guy you want your daughter to date, but you don't want your son to fight. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just it's just one of those guys. So, yeah. give me one thing because I'm I'm so happy to be talking about volleyball. I mean, I got yeah. a whole. I mean, this podcast has gone the theater direction. You know, my because I ended up going back to school in Marymount, Manhattan. Got my BFA in, okay. in acting. Nice. And you know where yeah. Marymount is, of course. Sure. And at sure. the time, they were ranked number two in the country. So um, wow. finished my finished my education there. But um, anyway, give me one thing that you saw significant improvement on your team collectively, let's say the last three weeks to the last month. Um, You know, I think you know, a couple of things. One, you know, we really tried to, to buy in to some defensive uh, systems and discipline, you know, like it's one thing to say, we got to be disciplined, but it's, you got to do it. And it just takes practice. Right. So every day we would start with coach on a box and just hitting the ball and just being stopped. You know, there's so much uh, intuition guys want to quote unquote read. And it's like, you got to, whatever you're doing or seeing, you have to be stopped on the point of contact. And you kind of have to trust that like, once the ball is hit, then you make your read, then you go for the ball. But if you're moving when the ball is being hit, you might get one spectacular dig here and there, but you're going to miss a bunch. But to what end? Yeah, exactly. I think buying into that system of like, let's be stopped. And also let's look, we, everyone's got access to, to volley metrics and data volley. Like you kind of know people's heat maps. Like, look, this is where the guy hits the ball. Most of the time he might hit it somewhere else here and again, but if you stand here and you're stopped on point of contact, you're going to get a bunch of digs over, over the course of the match. So that, that was probably the, a big thing. And then I think also just buying into our philosophy of personnel changes. Like we make, we switch setters, we switch middles, we switch pins. Like that's something that we do. And when everyone is fully bought in and like, hey, if my number doesn't get called. I'm going to support the guy next to me. And you can feel it and it's genuine. That's when it gets special, right? That's yeah. when it's, wow. Hey, we're really here for the team first. All the coach cliches, like when they actually get bought into you feel the energy. So I would say those two things, like it's really a defensive intensity and sort of discipline and then a real buy-in for this team first mentality with guys coming in out of the lineup. Yeah, I, I, I was looking at some of your stats because um, I only had a chance to watch two matches, a very small sample size, but um, of course, the uh, the finals against NJIT, I saw Tariq send out a nice congratulation message because yeah. uh, Tariq, right, I got someone in the house, right? One, yeah. one, One's Prince and one's NJIT, so right? I, I don't know if you saw his household, right? I did. <laughs> they were I did. in different well, shirts. You know, he, so <laughs> he, he can't, it's funny because he, so him and, and his partner there, Astria, they came down to, in 2019, he was honored when we hosted, he was honored in the EIV Hall of Fame. About time. And we had a really nice like EIV Hall of Fame banquet. And that's where I got a chance to get up in front of my team. And Penn State was there in the finals and just talk about what Tyreek meant to me. 
Like Tariq, when I played Empire State games, I would take the, the seven train all the way out to a bus. It took me two hours to get out to Queens College. And then at like 1130 at night, Tariq would just drive me home. And I was like, you know, sophomore, junior. Ooh, you're like, thanks, man. <laughs> yeah. And, but like you're sitting in that car ride as a young kid and here's an incredibly accomplished player telling you, hey, man, you could be pretty good at this if you stick with it. Like just giving you encouragement. It meant the world to me. So to get to spend time with him and Ashby was really cool. And I just, I just gave her a shirt. kind of was like, hey, here's a shirt, you know. And then, of course, comes around. They're like, oh, we support Princeton. We support NJIT. And it was really sweet of them. And they're just really, really great people. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know what? I want to say one more, th one more thing about Tariq, but, but I wanted to talk about the Wedbush brothers because I was looking at the stats sure. and this and that. Sure. Um, I played one year at Hunter, right? And Tariq, we, uh, we, we played NJIT. They came to our house. Sure. And they thought it was cute to put Tariq on the court with like four subs, right? Oh, you know, Hunter's a CUNY school. We whooped their behinds like 15-6. And then wow. they put all their starters back in, right? And... It was so cool because I went into the locker room, the Hunter locker room, and you don't realize how tall everybody is until they're off the court. Like yeah. Sam, like if you play big, everyone looks the same size unless someone's seven feet tall, unless there's a whatever. But then I realized how big Tariq was and I realized how big whatever. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and, and I said, good job. And he looks at me and he says, yeah, we sent boys to do a man's job, which kind of like insulted like, um, he wasn't trying to insult his subs, but he said, yeah, yeah. We, we tried to send boys to do a man's job. So good job. Right. Good job. You, Greg Romulus, remember him? Yeah. He was on sure. that team with Justin Stack. Um, sure. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. David Those May, Danny Moy. Yeah. To, uh, yeah. um, just uh, just this compilation of everyone who's six one across the board, but we were, we were yeah. a great touch block team. So David, David May, yeah. David May is a, a PSAL Iron Horse winner. Yep. I mean, just back. I mean, obviously. Oh, he was runner up. Mike uh, Salik won. Salik won. He uh, he was runner up. Romulus. Romulus had the. I think he had like the kill record. Still. Records. Still. Right? Still. 61. 61 for ninety eight. Sixty one yeah. for ninety eight. Five errors. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say about Tariq, Elvis, you know, Elvis used to give out the best nicknames. Yeah. My favorite nickname Elvis gave Tariq was Mosquito. Because he would just fly like a mosquito. He would just fly up there mm -hmm. and boom, and just bounce balls. You'd be like, oh my God, this guy's on another planet. Yeah. But like you said, just this gentle giant that was oh, always yeah. encouraging. Because the Empire State team didn't always have everyone who was civil like that, right? I mean, Ren was on that yeah, team. Yeah, there was he some hot. Nice. some people that got hot. Yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. But Tariq was always the same. Dave Batanzas, that dude, when he's performing, right? He, yeah. I mean, I remember he grabbed Tariq by the rib cage, right? He had, he had a heat stroke in one of those tournaments. Some of those real teams, I used to watch, the, I used to play NYC Juniors, man. I would watch, you know, Batanzas and, yeah, Ren and Elvis and Kyle Robinson and yeah. Ronnie. God, rooting for those guys. Yep. I yep. never had so much pride rooting for New York City when those guys were playing. I was cheering for them. It was mm -hmm. amazing, you know. Salik, obviously, on that team. Yeah, I, dude, I loved watching them because when I got out of the military, I kind of blew up to 265. But then, ten, like, five years after they stopped playing, I dropped 65 pounds. And I just, I, I, I sat for Bameso a little bit with Frankie and them guys or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I learned, yeah. I just learned some stuff. I was the only guy on that team that spoke English, right? Except for right. maybe Batista, right? But, um, yeah, I hit my stride that way. Left-handed setter. Because when I met you, yeah. I was an outside. I was an oppo. Yeah. And then I, I, turned, I, I turned you it playing to a bunch of, I remember you playing everything in the middle. The, <laughs> well, I remember just like on the, on the cement courts, like yeah. some guys could do one thing, but you could set, you could hit, you know, yeah. you could pass. It was like, Oh, this guy can do everything. That's a nice, not yeah. everyone can do that. You know? Yeah. So listen, um, 
I was looking at stats and everything you said about your team, about, about changing setters, changing this, this and that. And like you said, uh, everyone buying into that. Everyone would have to buy into that for you to win the EIVA championship. I mean, everyone EIVA is not 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 uh, what we we on the West would consider particularly strong, but they're still top heavy. You know what I'm saying? In your defense, you're still you're still top heavy, and and, and on any given day, those you you can take anyone's lunch money. So, the Wedbushes, um, um, one's a junior, one's a freshman, right? Correct. Yep. Yeah. How? Um, tell me, did either one of them play, or did both of them play in the, the finals against NGIT? So, you know, it's actually a really cool story about both of them and kind of the arc of the playoffs, you know, like, so Brady Webbush is the junior middle and Henry Webbush is the freshman setter and Henry and Joe, we have a fifth year senior setter in Joe Kelly and a freshman setter in Henry Webbush. They've been battling back and forth with setting and Brady had been the second or third middle. He'd been kind of fighting in for that second or third middle spot. And, you know, every week in practice, we play, we take stats, take video, you look at you look at the better. I, I have a meritocracy. Like, look, I'm not playing. I don't play you because you're older. I don't play you because you whatever. I play you because you're, I think, in the moment, the best player for what we need in that moment, you know. Um, and leaving for the playoffs to play St. Francis in the first round, uh, Henry was the setter and Brady was the middle. And so both brothers were in the starting lineup. That was the plan. And we played the first set against St. Francis. We won 25-21. Fairly, you know, fairly good play. But the staff, we kind of put our heads together and we said, Something doesn't feel like the offense isn't clicking. We just had a gut feeling we want to switch setters, which is kind of kind of gutsy to, to win a set and change your setters. But we said we just we just felt it and we switched and we put in Joe. Joe won the next two sets, beat him 3-0. We liked the way it looked, it felt right. Uh, not really too much empirical data, kind of like just gut feeling. Uh, and Brady stayed in as well. And then to start Penn State, started Joe, started Brady, who also, you know, they're not brothers, but they played club together for Rockstar. So we have a bunch of guys who kind of have different connections and stuff. Yeah. Penn State match, Joe set an incredible match. He just set a beautiful match. Late in the fourth set, Brady looked like he was kind of running out of steam. So we put in our other middle, Nero. Nero came in, had hit two kills in the, in the fifth set, hit a thousand, helped us win that fifth set. And so then starting off the NJIT match, again, it's, uh, it's Joe Kelly starting, but we started Nero. So now you're going into NJT into the finals and you got both brothers on the bench. They both started. And for whatever reason, at this point, we felt it was better to have those guys. We lose the first set. We win the second set's close, 27-25, I think. Third set, we're down, like, we're down a couple points. And, and the staff is talking. We need something. It's like, okay, you know, Nero's hitting well, but his blocking isn't as good. Maybe we switch Brady in for Nero. We're like, oh, Joe's getting hit over a little bit. Some of these rotations with Meisner, their big lefty. Maybe we sub in the setter. And we're like, okay, yeah, either the setter switch or the middle switch. We, something to give us a little, a little jump. And then NJT took a big lead. They went up seven to two. And I just had a feeling. I was like, you know what? Both brothers. We do a, a double brother sub. We're putting in the setter and we're putting in the middle. And I just remember yelling down the bench. I said, web bushes, both of you, you're in. Nice. And it was the coolest. It felt like it was in a movie. It was like the coolest thing I ever had a chance to do. And they come jogging down. And they are such like brothers, they're always joking and laughing and, and fired up their energy. You know, they come running down the bench and they went in and they took over the game. Like Henry took over with his blocking and his serving. Uh, Brady had a couple of huge blocks and a few kills and they took over the, they won that third set, 27, 25. And they, they, they just rolled in the fourth set. Unbelievable. Yeah. And the coolest thing was like, I'll tell you after the St. Francis win where we, where Henry started, but we sub Joe in to win. Afterwards, we usually give like snaps to each other and say, hey, what are some positive things? Henry was the first guy to go, 
I commend Joe Kelly for coming in off the bench and setting an incredible match after he was taken out. And that's the kind of buy-in. That's the kind of like, look, coach made a decision and I support my coach. I support my team. I support my senior captain who puts his love and heart into this game, you know? And then you saw the flip in the, in the Nidget fight and NJT final where Henry came in and Joe is cheering on the sideline for him. It's just, just a beauty. You can't write it better than that. You know, it's just beautiful to see the guys really support each other because it's hard, man. Everybody wakes up in the morning thinking about themselves. That's human nature, right? Yeah. You don't wake up and think to yourself, does my buddy have to brush his teeth? No, you brush your own teeth. That's what you do. <laughs> That's but being sort of ev- evolute, you know, sort of um, elevated to that team where it's like, Hey, team comes first, man, that's special to see. And with it those two and those two brothers being a part of it. And I will say Joe Kelly and Nico Jaya are two senior captains. Like that's where it comes from, right? It comes from the top where when those guys aren't playing, they're setting up the nets early, they're clapping, they're cheering, they're mopping the floor. They're doing the stuff where it's like, wow, these guys are investing the team. And it's been, it's been just beautiful to, to watch. Yeah. I was actually going to ask that. Um, Cause in my experience as a player and a coach, it's rare. You can count them. There's so few you can remember um, seasons where it takes everybody on the roster to win, right? I, I played in the, for a team in Germany, um, and there was a, it was a pretty special year. Like German Region One in Darmstadt, um, it was such a deep team, like across the board, or it took everyone to win. I got. I got most outstanding player in the tournament. And now I'm like, that's get get the get the F I what? Me? Right. I said right. me? All these giants, right? Are surrounding right. me. So but that's a te- that but that was just a testament and not how good I was, but but like you said, how complete a team was. Um sure. and then a few years later, Hunter High School, um, 2014, uh 38-1 record. We win the PSALs. Um yeah. in fact, MSG gave me a coach, coach of the year for that. Um, that, that was a team that took everyone on a roster to win. So how much, as far as commonality is is concerned, how much do what I, what I just said, um, compares to the roster you have right now, as far as moving parts and like taking like everyone on the roster to win these games? It's huge. I mean, you look at, so we have a guy right now, uh, Nate Thompson was, he's our leading point scorer for almost the whole year, over three kills a set and over 300, one bunch of huge conference matches for us uh he had some hip issues and so he was out for a little bit and some guys stepped up alex mckay stepped up with some huge games where he had to win parker dixon stepped up um it's just been amazing if different guys have stepped up nico jaya we were playing charleston back-to-back matches and he stepped up hit over 300 like i would say of the 19 guys like upwards of 15 of them and a couple of guys have been out with some injuries, but upwards of, the, of 15 of the, of the active healthy players have stepped in at different points and made critical contributions to conference matches that we had to win to be where we we're going to be. Right. Uh, which is beautiful because it just puts you in the catbird seat. <laughs> it's amazing. Well, then guys come to practice and they're fighting to get better. They're not necessarily fighting for a spot. They just want to get 1% better each day so that they can help the team and add value. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff we talk about is like, how can you add value, whether it's, getting organized in the locker room, helping the guys on the trip, playing on the court, you know, whatever the case may be, not everyone leads with kills and blocks, but if everyone feels like they're adding value to the program and to the success, that's when the, when the group feels really special. Like every person is valued and appreciated because they're, they're helping give something to the group. Cool. Now, and with that being said, between now, season's over, right? Um, your regular season's over, your playoffs there, you secured your bid, you're on your way to the NCAA championships, they're going to be at the, the Pavilion, right, in Los Angeles. Yep. Um, I might, I might come through. I live, I live like 15 miles away from that. I live in, um, Hermos- I live in Hermosa Beach, man. It'd be great to see your face. Dude, um, if you tell me, if you tell me by, uh, 
by tonight, uh, I could put you on our pass list. Come on down. What day do you play? Uh, we play Sunday. Sunday, 5 o'clock. Ooh, I'm coming. Dude, Come I, well, I'm doing juniors at Laguna. Yeah. Uh, but Sunday morning's my playoffs, and we, I, dude, we should. I should wrap that up by one. I'm coming. <laughs> I'm coming. Sunday, I'm Sunday coming. Five you're, on, you're on the person pass list. Come on down. We got you. Yes. We got you. Oh, I, like I said in the beginning. Oh, hot damn! This is my Sam. <laughs> Keep them partying to the AM. <laughs> come, come hang out. We're gonna have a lot of Princeton. I mean, we have so many guys from California, so many alums from California. We're gonna have. A lot of people there that just love yeah. Princeton. All want to cheer and support us and, and cheer. Well, for the Wedbushes are Manhattan Beach too, right? Aren't they Manhattan Beach oh, yeah. products? Yeah. They're Manhattan Beach. Joe Kelly, El Segundo. I mean, we got yeah. uh, pretty we got pretty a, big roster yeah, of Californians. Yeah. I think nine. I think nine are from California. Two of those might be NorCal. So I think seven are from SoCal. Yeah. You know. So yeah. my next question is: um, If there's one thing, one or two things you want to see um, slight improvement in. Um, between, all right, you just finished, right? And this Sunday's coming up. If there's one or two things you'd like to see slight improvement from where your your finals left and, and where this game's about to start, uh, go. Yeah, I mean, you know, nothing wholesale. Like, you know, we things are starting to click uh, for the most part on a lot of different levels. I would say probably the biggest thing is just the ability to maintain focus, you know, that's, that's the hardest skill. It's like, you know, there are certain games where you feel like, man, we are really effort is incredibly high all the time. And then, Hey, if they, if they play well, they play well and it's neck and neck. And then every once in a while you're like, Oh man, it's an overpass or it's a missed assignment or we just weren't, you know, it's like, Oh yeah, we just kind of checked out for a minute. Like, can you find a way to stay locked in and dialed in for the longer stretches of time? And that's honestly what I believe, you know, as you get to the higher levels, most teams have physical dudes who can jump high and hit hard. Right. And it's like, okay, what's the team that can stay locked in mentally and follow the the system and the plan? Um, So that, that'd be the biggest thing, you know, can we stay locked in uh, on reception reception? I mean, every coach will tell you serve and pass, right. Uh, Locked in on reception. And then also for, for blocking defensive schemes, you know, like sometimes you can see the bandwidth your team has, but sometimes it's like, wow, they look overheated. We're going to keep it simple. We're going to keep it simple. And you know, but sometimes like, wow, they look really in the moment. And they come to the bench on timeouts and go, hey, coach, in row two, they're doing such and such. What do you think about this? I go, yeah, if you guys are feeling like you have, sure, let's, let's try this. Let's do this for blocking defense. So those are probably the two things. Just general being able to stay in the moment and keep our, our focus for longer stretches of periods of time. And then if we have the bandwidth, uh, I don't want to say get creative because we don't have that many different blocking defense systems, but just have it more come from the players than from the bench. You know, that's exciting when players go, hey, so-and-so is scoring this way. What do you think about going to this, this defensive package? We go, that's great. As opposed to trying to us pitch it to them, you know? So I guess basically what you're looking for in your answer, you're basically saying it's not necessarily a particular strategy or, or something that you're looking for exponential or significant change. And you just, you just want to do the things you do well uh, from bell to bell. Is that, yeah. is that what we're saying here? Exactly right. Exactly right. Th- you know, this is not really the time to, to try to make wholesale changes. You know, like no. early, early what, in the year, you're what? trying to lineups and different things and it's like hey obviously we, we caught some kind of magic down at state college last week you know honestly can we recreate that that's the that's the tall order can right. we get into that mental space where we're locked in and everyone's doing their job and, and you know it's like a every cog in the wheel is just doing their part right that's not doing too much not being outside of ourselves but just doing our part and staying in the moment and, 
yeah, if we can do that, I'm, I'm excited to, to be a part of it. Right. I like that. You know, last tournament, um, again, smaller scale, I told my 13s when they were after the timeout, they were taking the court and Sam, I changed. I'm not one of those sideline yellers anymore. I sit on my Brooklyn butt. And if there's anything that needs that needs, you know, fixing, uh, I'll jump up immediately. But there's nothing that I, I'm going to say to them. I can't wait till the timeout. Um, but when they get back from the timeout, I, I actually stand up and I said, does you does you guys playing your best beat them playing their best? And they all looked at me and they said, yes. And they banged out that third set win. My setter got her first um, 12 assist game because she, she's always had nine and she's never hit double digits. And she got 12 in a third in a game three to 15. <laughs> so you know how club is, right? So, yeah, um, sure. so I'm not, I'm not, I'm getting somewhere with this. I'm not talking about yeah. me. My question yeah. to you, brave, brave question. I'm gonna need a brave answer. Your team playing their best beat everyone in this tournament playing their best. I got some balls asking that question. Look at look. No, it's, it's, <laughs> I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you the answer. It's possible. It's possible, and that's that's an exciting answer. Um, is it probable? No, it's not probable, and it wasn't probable for us to beat Penn State in right. the semi. But it was possible, and possible is all we need to give us a glimmer of hope to then lock back into the process, right? So we talked before we left about outcome goals, performance goals, and process goals, right? Right. It's okay. Outcome goals, they're they're sexy, right? You want to be an Olympian. You want to you want to play D one. You want to like that fires you up. You should you should spend some time on that, right? Yeah. Put the bracket out, and here's a playing game. Here's this. Here's this. Here's this. Yeah, you want to spend a few minutes thinking about being a national champion. Sure. That's exciting. Okay. But it's like dessert, right? You get 5% time spent on that because if you spend too much time on that, man, you're going to overlook every step in the way to get there. Right? No, it's just something maybe the night before you go to bed. Right. And yeah. you're, you're reading, I, well, the, you're really, reading the book, you put down the book and you get back to reading your book. Yeah. And I think, you know, for us, what helped us in that run was like the next point the next play the next so we are locked in on ngu you know and we like to use another coach uh coach jonah carson that i coach with with the usa program gave me this great analogy he said every team you play it's like using a power tool right you might you might go to your back your 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 uh, your garage and pull out a saw a buzz saw to cut something you use it all the time but you pull out the safety gloves and you put on the goggles because it, it can cut your finger off and every single team we play like ngu very talented team, very easily could win the match. Every game is 50-50. And if you go into every game with the humility that this could be your last time playing and you treat that team with the utmost respect and play as hard as you possibly can and know you have the possibility to win, right? it's a real healthy place to attack. And you take it one step at a time. So we are locked in on them and that's where we're going to stay for, for now. And, you know, if we head home, we head home. If we're fortunate to stay, then we'll, we'll face that bridge when we come to it. I, you know what? I trust your blocking scheme. Like you guys, look, there's some plays where, all right, someone punches it through or maybe someone's late on their assignment and another team makes you look incredibly silly. But I, I played all kinds of places, all right? And I played in places where if you if there's no way to slow down the ball, you're not going to dig it. There's just, uh, there's just some leagues you play in where the, everyone's just hitting. It's almost like they're playing tennis and they're hitting as, as hard as they can possibly hit a ball, right? But your blocking scheme is good. I, you, you're soft. You soft zone the 31. You know what I'm saying? This, this plate, that 31 off the bick or whatever, and you yep. don't you don't bend. 
I mean, you you bend, but you don't break. You 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 yeah. you don't you don't change up something that's going to give people other opportunities when they're in system or whatever. But so yeah. I will say this about your team, and this includes when the other teams in system. You guys are very very good and i'm not talking about high jumpers either i'm talking yeah. about understanding your assignment i'm talking about getting a hand on the ball I'm talking about two guys joining one hand uh i i like your blocking scheme and because we both know we're both old school it's not even about stuff blocking sometimes yeah. you know for for the rookies who are don't understand what the hell i'm talking about let's yeah. educate them right so you're not yeah. trying to stuff everybody sometimes you're trying to pop yeah. it up so yeah. your team can cover instead of the other team instead of the other team covering and um yeah. again i have a small sample size but I happened to catch you guys with NJIT with the most recent one, and I really think that's the reason why you guys pulled it out. You got you guys have very very good patience, right? You dropped one of the sets, you dropped second set, I think, right? Oh, first set. Oh, you dropped first set. Um, yeah. But you you're very very patient. Crack the code, right? Uh, um, yeah. Which is um, it very much reminded me of Harvard against UCLA in 2018. Harvard, um, people forget UCLA they hosted right Pavilion. They yeah. Harvard won that first set. Yeah. 25, 23. My wife went to Harvard, right. so she's the one that told oh, me. Okay. She's the one that's like, that. yeah. Yeah. Dude, I'm I'm married into Sam, we all can't be like you. I'm a fucking schmuck from Brooklyn, dude. The, if you if you're not a genius by the time you're 40 people, make sure you're married to one, okay? So she went yeah, to Harvard. Great. Um her that's father awesome. also an alum Harvard. And the mom cool. went to Duke um under, undergrad in law school, so Nice. And I'm and I'm the schmuck from um, Marymount, hey. Manhattan, <laughs> That's right. That's right. who who played one year at Hunter just just to play or just to major yeah. in volleyball. But but anyway, um, that game reminded me very much of that. Just um, yeah. you know, maybe UCLA, UCLA starting a little bit flat. Also Harvard um, figuring out some things, and they won that first set. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. Oh, and my girlfriend told me that. I'm like, stop. Don't stop playing with me. I'm busy. Get, That's out, right. get out of here. I'm That's not right. gonna you're not gonna make me watch that game. Get out of here. And she's like, No, I'm serious. They won that first set. So so like you said, uh, um it's supposed to be improbable. <laughs> right? That's the right. whole improbable win as a term is that right. which is why that exists. And right. and I mean, how many times have you lived your life on the, the improbables? I, 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 yeah. you know, I mean, you were a player yourself, Vassar. Sure. You're one of the, yep. the, the, the leaders and digs in that school. And Vassar was a – look, guys, Vassar is Division Three, but I got to tell you, back then, EIVA, EIVA was deep D3. NJIT was Division Three back then. So people remind people that Tariq, okay, Hall of Fame guy, they were, they were Division Three. Vassar, in fact, in 94, made the EIVA finals. That was the year Penn State won with Ivan Contreras. And that yeah. Vassar was the, uh, I think, one of two teams that, except for, uh, Elvis played for Hunter, um, that made the um, EIVA finals. Wow. So how about that? You know, we, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's funny, actually. So uh, Vassar comes to our fall tournament every year. We have a, the Glenn Nelson Classic. We have mm -hmm. about teams come. And a lot of D3s come. NIT, Sacred Heart, a couple of D1s, but a lot of D3s. And the guys all know I play for Vassar and they love, they love just kind of, you know, ribbing me about it and stuff. But, you know, I also, I got a lot of school pride. I mean, I'm a Princeton coach, but I also root for Vassar um, and Vassar does well. And the guys me too. That, they go, Vassar's actually pretty good. I go, what do you, what do you mean actually? Why do you got to say actually? Like, mm -hmm. you know, they love kind of, you know, yeah. you know, you know, jabbing each other, but no, yeah, I love my experience there. I love playing in the IBA. Um, Who was your coach? Was it John Penn? Was, was it John Penn yeah. or the guy before? Yeah, John, it was John, John Penn. Yeah. Two-time yeah. AVCA coach of the year, man. I mean, what are you going to do? That was my coach. Yeah. yeah, I loved it. It's funny, actually, because he – so he went to UCLA, and then he transferred to Penn State or went to Penn State. I forget. He played for both UCLA and Penn State. Right. 
So when we were at Penn State, he was like, I wish you the best, but, you know, it's alma mater. You know, he was kind of messing with me and joking with me. Um, yeah, I love my That's his homework, though. Let me tell you something about John Penn, all right? You played with him, but he stayed with them for a long time. I um, oh, yeah. I took a job at City College. Uh, yeah. uh, just a one-year thing because uh, they didn't have a coach. And I, I turned these two of these soccer and track and field guys into teams. We, and NECVA, first round, we had to play Vassar. So I actually got City College into the Northeastern tournament. And John was like, when am I going to uh, – um, when are you going to tell me when one of your our shows are? Because you knew yeah. my major in college was theater. And right. I'm like – that's so cool. That guy knows that. I, I I only talked to him once in like ten years, and he's his like, son, let me, his, and he says, let me know when his, one of your shows are. Uh, um, his son is a huge theater guy, so he's. Oh, that's he's, why. And I actually think Coach Penn, like Coach Penn's, an incredibly cultured guy. Like he I, really I is. like you know, he taught us volleyball. This is what I loved about playing for him. Like I learned so much about so many other things. Yeah. And that that also kind of inspired me to like, you can coach volleyball, but it's really an avenue to, to teach other things. Hundred um, percent. Yeah. yeah, I mean, look, my theater, my degree in theater performance definitely helps me with volleyball. Helps me oh, with sure. the refs, helps me with the players. Uh, sure. I, I mean, yeah, look, I like Vassar for three reasons. John Penn, um, Kadeem Nibs, he's a guy that played for me at Hunter High School that went, ended up playing two sports there. Okay. And uh, Brent Starks. Oh, uh, Brent Starks. Remember what Brent? Like, of course. Yeah. My senior year, so he was a senior in my senior year, so I went to visit Vassar. And I watched Brent Starks, Steve Knezny, just an incredible team. Yeah. Uh, beat Navy back when Navy had just an incredible Division One men's team. Yeah, Navy was a team to beat, man. And I went to on a visit. I went to a party. Went to a Super Bowl party, and I was like, "This place." But I remember watching Brent Starks going, "Oh man, this guy's out of this world." Yeah. But he's, you know, Starks played on the New York City Empire team with Salik, with David May, with all those guys coming up out of New York City. Like yeah. those guys, New York City royalty. You know, it is. That was a boom period, right? Would you would oh, you yeah. call that a boom period? Seward Absolutely. Park Seward Park had won, like yep. Salik won Iron Horse, but didn't win. Um, uh, Eugene from um, FDR, Botansis oh. from Clinton uh, High School. Remember Jan Jan Lager? Yes, yes. The, Dude, the, I remember watching Eugene set. I was a freshman; he was a senior. I was never been more impressed. I was just so impressed with the way he carried himself and the way he ran his team. I remember sitting before a high school game and he was talking to some, I think he was talking to some friends saying, I'm going to do this, then I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And sure enough, he did it bang, bang, bang. I mean, yeah, I, that was, a, I mean, I have a perspective because I was young then, but gosh, some legends came out of New York City that from that era for sure. Sure. I actually have a, a four-minute video. I'm actually looking for while you're talking. That Because okay. when we won the trophy, they have all the list of the champions from 1988 wow. all the way to the present. So so when I look at who won the champion, I'm like, all right, there's Clinton. That was Dave Patantis. Oh, there's Seward Park. That yep. was David May. Oh, there's Hunter. Hunter High yep. School. Sam Schweitzky, yep. right? Um, yeah. Midwood, that was Martinez, some cat named Martinez, right? And, yep. and so Peter every- Martinez beat us in 96. He was on my, my Warren six-pack club team. Peter Martinez and a guy named Evans also played on our club team. Yeah, Midwood was dynamite, man. And we wanted to play him all year. We played him in the finals and they beat us. And I remember my coach, Vince Pandeliano, he had a plan going into the finals. He goes, we need to change. We want to put you opposite Ramon, uh, Ramon Marmalejos to go opposite. I was outside. He was in the middle, but we didn't really have the back row back then. He was like, we put you opposite each other. One of you would be front row at all times. And I was just, I was too young and too stubborn. I was like, no, we don't want to change anything. And, and sure enough, we lost in the finals. It was close. And I look back with coach's eyes going, man, of course that was the answer. 
Why couldn't I have listened? Why couldn't, why, why, why is youth wasted on the young? You know, why couldn't I have listened in that moment? Um, yeah. You, do, and guys, for everybody listening to me and Sam right now, that was one of the stories I wanted to tell. When he lost in that finals, he unwittingly or not locked himself into the, um, it was at Hunter College at the Sportsplex. So you locked yourself in the varsity locker room um, and no one knew the combination except CUNY security and like, I guess the varsity players. And everybody's like, is he coming out? And your father was like, he just needs a minute. You know, he's competitive. He's a competitive guy. So I knew the combination. So I went in there and I said, how you doing? You know, whatever. And I sat like all the way back here. And then when I wanted, and you don't remember this, but I remember as, I'll try to remember as much as I can. And I said, look, you won last year, right? Um, I said, you'll probably win next year. You'll probably win Iron Horse. And I said, it's, I said, Hunter's got, ha, ha, I said, just think about next year. Hunter always has a way of being at the scene of the crime, win or losing. I said, dude, I said, 20 years from now, I'm going to coach this team and I'll probably win a PSALs. And you started laughing. And I said, oh, I'm not coaching. I said, I ain't coaching shit. So yeah. it was great. Next year, I think you won Iron Horse, right? I did. We didn't, we didn't, the team didn't do great. I did get the award. Yeah. But 20 years later, yeah, I won the PSALs as a coach. So it was just this weird. It was this yeah. cool story I shared with uh, with my wife. Well, I was confused on the dates, but when you told yeah. me um '96, I'm like, bam! Now 96. I remember. Now I remember. Yeah. But I knew, you know, I only went to Hunter for one year, but the combination to the door thing yeah. was still the same. And and I always watched high school volleyball. I was just intrigued because I worked at a cardiology practice with Cornell, and it's four blocks yeah. from there. So when volleyball's there when there's a whole bunch of people playing volleyball why not so um it's funny though so you you know it's funny when you say like you know he's competitive like i i think it means something different for me like some people are competitive in the sense that like whether it's like volleyball darts pool they just want to win they want to win and they want the other person to lose and they're like the real traditional sense of the word competitive for me like it i'm it has to do with like family and doing things for each other. Like when we lost that game, I was so crushed because I felt I let the team down, right? I felt like I had to, that team really depended on me for a lot. And I you really were a one man team. <laughs> I really felt like I had a unique responsibility to, to, to do it for the team. And that, that was the feeling, the feeling of like, man, I, and I knew what it felt like to win, right? In, in 95, when I wasn't, 95, I was a role player. I mean, I was good, but you had Dave, Mort Dan Mordenroth was a setter. Dave Michaels, we had a big middle. Like we had, I was a component to that team. And I felt like, okay, now my junior year, those guys are gone. I've got to lead the way. I've got to do it. Um, and so, yeah, I was, I was hurting, but it was, and that's sort of what I take into coaching. Like when, when we do well, I get so excited for the group that, that they're able to have this beautiful experience and we don't do well. I feel like I let them down, but I, I have, for me, it's like a broader feeling of like, you know, like when I, when I play ping pong, I, I really enjoy ping pong. Like we'll play best out of three, like, or tennis. I, I'm not very good at tennis, but I, I play over uh, quarantine. If I lose, if I'm, if I'm winning, sometimes I'll like not try to lose. Be like, Oh, if we go three, we get to play more. Like I, like I'm not inherently competitive and for just for the sake of it. it, for me, it has to do with like, the people, you know, we put so much into this, man. I want them to have a great experience. I'm so grateful we get to come out to California. Like you get to win the EIVAs, it's awesome. And it, it buys you more time with people you love spending time with. It buys you a trip out here and time to be together. So that's, it's funny when you mentioned that, I think back to that 96 moment and it's, it's the same thing. Like you, 
you do it for the people you're 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 that that depend on you. And I'm care. and I'm glad that you you made sure you said it that way because. Um, like you said, in the classic sense of the word, oh, I hate losing. And, that, and that's not, and that's not, that's really not what I meant because I, I knew that you were all about team and I knew like every time you got a kill or a block or someone got a kill, you were always, you're always in each other's face, uh, um, you know, either, either mild or, or not, right? Mild or hot. Um, like you hit a ball between the block and you guys would go ping, ping, ping. It was, yeah. it was really, really, it was really, really cool. And be, but because you did that, um, this is the reason why I remember all this, because you did that, there are a lot of people watching that, that you allowed to take the journey with you. Yeah. You had family, you had friends. Uh, um, and as, and as everyone starts to win, there's fewer teams there. And, and so, and I like that because we can like Ty Trambley, like AVP, when yeah, he won sure. Chicago, he took sure. a whole bunch of people with him because he allows himself uh, in, in his own way, because he's an extrovert, right? To take yeah. you on that journey with him. You know, um, when Patterson got cemented on Manhattan Beach, you know, he, he allows people to take that journey with him. And, I, and I, I thought that was very vulnerable of you, but it wasn't something you were thinking about because you were, you were making it about team. So yeah. it wasn't your intention. That just happened to be the net result. Yeah. So um, that's very, very astute. Yeah, it's taken me years to reflect on that, but that's 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 very accurate. Hundred percent accurate. It's a hell of a run. In fact, let's um let's pull up this video. Here's a list of the champions. Okay, here we go. Behind the cameras, me. I'm Jason DeBeas. I'm the head coach, Hunter College High School. So this is the night I took the trophy home because you're allowed to hold on to it for a whole year, but I told my athletic director this this. This baby's sleeping between me and Kelly. Ronald King. <laughs> so you know what that means? If it's still needed in 1985 or 89, that means it's probably really heavy. <laughs> and it was. Sam, yeah. this this is the trophy you won in 95. It's the same damn thing. Check wow. So check out the list. 87, yeah. Bronx Science, 88, Hunter. So Clinton, DeWitt Clinton, Humanities is Justin Stack, Danny Moy, Big Josh, Josh Jamrog, remember him? Yeah, of course. Um, John Milwaukee now. Yeah. Seward Park, FDR, that's Eugene and Jan. Midwood, Cardozo had a good team. Iris, JFK, Iris is always a, a fire and brimstone coach. Great coach, yeah. Wow, I haven't seen that in forever. Yeah, and then when you left, Staten Island Tech was just, like if you look at them, they, they, they won like three out of four. Wow. I forget that woman's name who coached Midwood. She was also they were. McKee was good. Yeah, man, look at him. Lehman, Bryant High School, Jack, Jacek, who played for Cal Northridge. Remember the uh, yeah, Jack, sure, the, sure, sure. Um, seven foot one, Jack. Yeah. yeah. I forget. I forget Elvis's nickname for him. I remember. Yeah. Him. Well, I thought Jack was a nickname. I thought it was Jacek. His his name was Jacek. Okay. But I, I actually he's the one that introduced me to Greg Faulkner, um, Cal okay. Northridge guy. It's yeah. My, my karaoke buddy. So that's it. I I didn't mean to go past the nineties. That's because awesome. none of that's relevant. Uh, but that's awesome. yeah, but Jack um introduced me to Greg and Greg and I we sang karaoke twice a week. Greg's nice. the assistant right now in Northridge, right? I, I think I think you did. You, did you play him once this in the beginning of the season? Uh, no, you? we were supposed to actually got canceled because of COVID right. and uh, kind of a weird twist of fate. So that they got, you know, back in January, COVID was rampant with Omicron. And so we came out here. Luckily, we got to play UCLA, USC and Pepperdine. Supposed to play Northridge, get canceled for COVID. We picked up Santa Barbara, 
late and one of our freshmen lives right there and we actually beat santa barbara which was incredible had dinner at his place it just sort of all worked out yeah uh, no we typically play northridge we missed him this year but uh yeah, they have a great team theo edwards is the uh, associate head coach there or assistant coach uh great friend of mine it's yeah they're great and faulkner actually i remember playing against him man incredible incredible player yeah, he's just, he, let me tell you something. I'm not saying he's an idiot savant, but that wrist away quick set, that one is just, you got to respect it. You got to put bodies in front of it, and, you know, or you're not going to dig that thing, man. You're going to get teabagged or something. You know, it's just, sorry, I didn't mean to say it that way. I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep this clean. This man's going to be on TV Sunday. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, big up to Greg, big shout out to him. So who was your best conditioned player uh, highlighting one or one guy or two guys as far as like yeah. physical conditioning who's 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 your who's your energizer bunny who's your well not your energizer bunny who's your conditioned machine yeah it's got to be joe kelly i mean we have a lot of physical guys strong guys let's say alex mckay uh, moves a lot of weight um but joe kelly fitness energizer bunny he's the guy in the front of the sprints uh he's the guy that just keeps going and going you know we played four matches three matches in four days is a lot so we played st francis and then the very next day we played penn state we had a day off for a light practice and then njt in the finals and at that last servant pass that that morning of njt all the starters were just getting treatment and stuff and joe kelly's setting and he's moving around he's setting balls and i go hey man like we played a night like save some of the tank he goes i'm good i'm good running and moving but he's Fitness is a big part of his his mojo, uh, and that and that rubs off on other guys, right? Other guys get excited about fitness, and so you know I think that's a huge part of it because you can only ask them to lift right so many times or days a week, but it's like how hard are you lifting? How hard are you training? How much lifting are you doing in the off season when we're not around? That's the stuff, and you know, and Joe Kelly definitely is the is the leader of that 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 for sure. No, no doubt. Um... It's kind of a weird question because I've been living on the West Coast for a while, but we grew up um, looking at Penn State for years and years because the EIVA, educating our, our people at home, the EIVA to qualify was, uh, no, the NCAA. The NCAA only had four spots when we, when, we were, when Sam and I were coming up or just Sam was coming up. It was the EIVA champ, MIVA champ, uh, uh, Mountain Pacific. And the fourth one was an at-large bid, which nine out of ten times went to one of the West Coast teams, right? Um, uh, ten, 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 nine ten out of ten times, yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess my question to you the does beating Penn State still a big deal? Is there still like as a coach, is there still like a mystique that that surrounds them um from how they were, you know, in the in the I'm not gonna say distant past. I'll just be nice and say past. Oh yeah, hundred percent. They're they are the gold standard in our league, no question about it. You know, they're they're just an institution, right? I mean, first of all, they're the only Big Ten school in the IVA, right? So when you it's just different. When you go there and just the resources and I mean, I have all the respect in the world for them. And it's like, they're our Super Bowl, right? Every time we play them, it's like, we, we want to bring our best because they are the best. Right. And yeah, you know, Princeton won, went to the Final Four. They beat Penn State in 98. And then Penn State won for, I think, 16 or 17 straight years. Yeah, you know? early hotel reservations. It was just crazy. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And I mean, and, and this year too, they were 16-0. and 0, uh, didn't, lose, didn't lose a conference game. They were on a 19-match win streak. Like, they're just... They're just an institution. Wait right? a second. Hold on. Hold on. They were the number. Where were they ranked in the national rankings? Were they two? Two. <gasps> two. Yeah, they were two. 
<laughs> but I'll tell you that that's the cool thing about like rally score. I remember, you know, I played. Why wouldn't they get in that large bid then? If they're number two, they would have UCLA lost in the semis and then Long Beach lost in the finals. Yeah. Either of those things not happened. They, they would have been in for sure. Yeah. But you can't let them in and not let in. Um, right. Long Beach, Long Long Beach, Beach in, UCLA. UCLA. Well, they UCLA is like, the host. So they were one, two and three UCLA, Long Beach and Penn State were one, two and three in different media polls all year. Got you. Right. So, you know, the night we upset Penn State, UCLA got upset, and then Long Beach gets upset, and, and the committee is, like, scratching their head going, oh, my God, what are we going to do, you know? Um, but, no, Penn State's the, the gold standard, and, yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible to – the mystique's never going to go away. Right. Um, incredible program, coached incredibly well. It was just a classy – Mark Pavlik is, is by far the classiest person uh, in all of coaching volleyball that I've ever met, and I really aspire to do – a lot of things like him. And so, yeah, getting a chance to compete with them. But I say, that's the cool thing about rally score. I remember, you know, when we switched from side out to rally and then it went to 30 and then down to 25, I remember feeling like I was at Princeton. I go, Oh, it just got, it just got more possible for us to compete with every team in the country and run away Penn States, UCLA's, but it also made every other team, maybe the NYU's and the Vassars to compete with us because a rally point game at 25 Man, every every team in the country, D one, two, and three, has one or two dudes that can crack it from the service line. Yep. And if someone gets hot and it gets tight, like anybody can win. Mm-hmm. Well, it makes for like high stress and high excitement for fans, but it also puts things even for the juggernauts, even for right. the Pens that should win, it's still a game and you gotta play. And that's exciting. But no, the mystique will never go away. They are the gold standard and the juggernaut uh, of right. our country. For sure. Well, I've come to a couple of games, but I've only come to the games because the people they were playing against involved people I knew, like like Vassar. Um, I was again that was the one year I was playing at Hunter and like our EIVA there was a B flight and I, I believe they won, they beat Juniata. Um we lost to NYU, we lost to freaking Boris and John Eisenberg. Oh, yeah. John another, Eisenberg. Another, another, right? uh, John Yeah, John John Eisenberg is like a digging machine back then. Yeah. Um but I watched Vassar against them. I watched Queens College. I think it was Colin Henry's senior year. Sure. Um, but Penn State, that first game was 15-0. So I was like, okay, this ain't, this ain't going to do well. And then NJIT was up 2-0 on um, – it was the EIVI semis, our finals. And NJIT was up 2-0, and Penn State yeah. came back and won the next well, Let me game. guess. Was that Yvonne Contreras? Yeah. Pro- probably. Well, yeah, yeah Yvonne was – yeah. Yeah, there was one year NJT was up two, and and Yvonne they came crawling back. Yeah, had like fifty something kill. That, that guy, was that was him. Yeah, unbelievable man. Yeah. I had him. I went to Penn State camp. He was my coach, and I, I just had so much respect for what he could do. Uh, he pi- he pioneered the back row quick. Unbelievable, right? What they they called it the Cuba or whatever wherever the he, hell he was from. He, he played middle. He played opposite. He played everything. He yeah, played but but I've never seen a, a back row quick. Until yeah. him in 1994 when they beat um, UCLA in five. And then the next year, he, he ran it again, but UCLA was ready. You know, Nygaard and those guys, and UCLA yeah. won that rematch 3-0. But, um, Were you at that game in 95 at Springfield? No, I wish I was. Oh. I was a sophomore. My, my club oh, coach God, I wish I was. down. It was so cool. That's when I got – so I remember I was so enamored with Hawaii. Talk about Jason Olive, Yuval Akats, Jason Ring. Yeah, lefty, right? Yvonne Leoma, yeah, yeah, lefty Yuval Akats. I mean, that was – beautiful era of men's volleyball like you said uh, Niagara over UCLA bra. I mean it was just incredible incredible volleyball yeah. what was the um, first college match you ever watched that might have been it in person that might have been it oh in person okay yeah 
Yeah. I mean, I remember, yeah, it was my sophomore year. My, my club coach said, uh, Greg Leong said, Hey, let's go down and watch this game. I said, okay, I know what I was doing. Ball state had Greg Romano and I mean, all these future Olympians and Timmy. Yeah. And, and, uh, uh, Kevin Wong playing for UCLA Stein Metzger. Yeah. I mean, like legend talk about an epic time of volleyball. Like, yeah, just- man. It was fun watching Stein in the Olympics too, and Jeff oh. Jeff Alzina. I'm, I'm I'm decent friends with him. I I believe he was his coach, and he yeah, also yeah. built helped build that program at Greece, um, which is supposed to be like a four year plan. But they they did a, they did a good rush job. My first college game I've ever seen. This is Long Beach State against USC. Now USC is Brian Ivy, right? It has Nick Nick Becker, uh, Green Bomb, and Tom Selleck's kid. But Long Beach State had this goofy foot, um, Brent Hilliard. Oh yeah, sure. So good. Jason Stimpig was a setter or something like that. But that yeah. was the first. It was on CBS. It was on a real yeah. on a big channel, and yeah. I'm like, whoa, this is awesome. Oh, Hilliard, Hilliard's yeah, a legend. Yeah. legend. Yeah, and he actually. He was in the Olympics in '92, because and, and that I was at. I was in Barcelona. I was in Barcelona wow. to watch USA play Japan. So, oh, but when I awesome. went back to Germany to my assignment, my military assignment, yeah, yeah, it was my birthday, and Ivy just came back from this weird knee injury, and they benched everyone. They benched Timmons. They put Hilliard in for him. They put Greenbaum in for Stork. Wow. They put um, uh, Becker in for Stewart League. And they beat Italy three sets to one. Who who came in as the one seed? It was just such a wow. it was such a USA pride moment, man. It was great. Yeah. So um. All right, good best. Um, I had my story to tell. Hunter High School, international ball. No, 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 no. Forget that. From Central Florida to Princeton, what was your path? You were there as an assistant in Central Florida. I believe you guys yeah. won fifteen games. Um, yeah, so I started. I started. I did my master's at Miami, Ohio. Got a grad degree there. I was grad assistant there. Got a master's in sports psychology. Went off to UNLV. Did two years there as a second assistant. Then I went to Central Florida, two years as a, a first assistant. Um, and then I got this opportunity. Princeton. I'm looking at it. I go, wait, ass- assistant women's coach and head men's coach, dual job. Back close to the East Coast. I just turned 30, and I, you know, I want to travel in my 20s. 30, I was like, I want to be back in the Northeast. I want to be close to my parents, my family, my sister, my cousins. Ivy League, you know, sort of, you know, felt, I felt a connection there. Uh, and I just applied for the role and I just it felt like a Goldilocks did. You know, I had, there were definitely applicants that had more men's experience, but maybe not as much women's experience. Some applicants had more women's experience, not enough men's experience. I just kind of fell right into it. And I remember on the interview just feeling like, yeah, I'm the right guy for this job. Um, and it was it was just a fit. It was beautiful. I remember, I remember one of the interview and I stayed with my parents that night in the city and I was just like, I can't wait to come home. And uh, so I did that. I was seven years. I coached both assistant women's head men's. And then about six years ago, they hired a full-time women's assistant and got me pushed over just to coach head men's full-time, which that with the addition of me getting a full-time men's assistant, that's when we really started to pick up some recruiting classes and really take it to the next level. You know, we were slowly sort of inching away and, and, and making some rounds and beating some teams, but full-time assistant, me just focused on the men. Um, I love women's volleyball. I love coaching them, but it was a lot on my plate. And so being able to focus on the men was, was huge. And uh, yeah, and that sort of never looked back and, and I love it here. I, I'm glad you're there too. And, and you know, the cool thing is a lot of those guys that you played against in the Carolinas conference and the East coast. Um, of course, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to admit, I'm really not 
into the NCAA men's game as um as a participant, as a coach, or as a team manager, or anything anymore, because the beach opportunities were endless. And and Jason Hood hoodwinked me into doing this indoor thing, but um, Jason had a, a deeper mission statement of reaching out to players of color or, or or you know people like you know communities that are not not exposed to the sport. And yeah. um, in fact, our whole coaching staff were players of color. I'm the whitest black guy. Um, my like my mom's black, so I'm I'm the whitest black guy on the team, and we were trying to recruit the blackest white guy, <laughs> Greg Faulkner, but he's he's staying put, he's staying where he was supposed to go. So, like um, Angel Dache, did you ever get had a chance to coach against him? He was in the Carolina Conference. He's um this Cuban oh. guy, this and he was a a ridiculous rangy outside. What year uh, is that? The guy? What year did he play? Who did he play for? Um. That's the question I, I'm trying to remember. It was it might have been so? Good. I we went down to the Carolinas in 2014 and we played a bunch of teams. Right. And I'm pretty sure it's it's the guy you're talking about. We were playing this team and we're in the scouting report and I tell the guys like, "Hey, look, this team is good and this guy's legit." And the guys are like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever." You know, like, okay, like you'll see. Yeah. First, second play of the game, he hits a big, crushes the setter in the face like no. <laughs> and our bench, our bench erupted because we had a very like really fun team that back then. A lot of trash talking with our own team. Our bench started ragging on our guys so hard, you know. Um, but if I'm, if that's the guy I'm thinking of. That guy was unbelievable. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. He was. He was he, on the podcast. Like five kills a set. He had like five kills a set, hitting like 300, 350 or something. It was unbelievable. He's an amazing human being too. He came on the podcast and I was just trying to, nice. I mean, there's so many people that came on the podcast that are like um, indoor standouts that, that are, um, decided to go to the beach. And of course, all of them are going to the, go to the Pottstown Rumble, right? Because grass court yeah. is like yeah, yeah, the, sure. ultra, the ultimate neutral ground, right? My boy, um, sure. Mark, actually my boy, Mark Fornicari took second. Um, nice. He's lefty and Andre Beloff. So he lives in New York. His wife's the head coach at City College. He won the whole thing this year. Oh, nice. So his wife played for the Serbian national team. So um, I know you got to go in a bit, and I think we're both getting hungry. Um, yeah. But you are in an institution where, okay, it's student-athletes, but the, the um, operative word in some universities, athletes, where yours might, might, might be more student before student-athletes. So tell me what it means to you when you see some of your guys graduate and they end up getting overseas contracts and you see them enjoy some success on the level um, outside of what the Ivy League requires. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I love it. I mean, because we, you know, we recruit, like you said, we're, we're student we're students first in the student athlete sense. I got guys that are electrical, mechanical, and aerospace engineers, civil engineers, uh, astrophysics, everything, you name it. Guys go off work at SpaceX, you know, everything. But, but at the same time, I got, you know, guys playing on the youth and junior national team, playing with the national team. I coached the national team two years ago on a, a trip to Canada. Cody Kessel, George Human, these are guys of mine that played. Cody Kessel's in his sixth or seventh year playing professionally in Germany right now on an incredible team. He's having a good time. I'm sure they got some oh, pretty good. They, Germany's got some pretty good leagues, dude. He's playing with yeah. patch and a bunch of guys. Like, so it, it's really gratifying that the recruiting pitch is legitimate. Come to Princeton, get an incredible uh, academic career and degree, go play volleyball for as long as you want. So your body can, can handle it mm -hmm. and got your career to fall back on. Then you can go do investment banking or go into medicine or business or whatever. Um, so I, I love it. And yeah, we have a handful, two, three guys a year that go play pro or play on the national team. We have two of our guys been invited out to play with the national team this summer, uh, which is fantastic. So 
No, I, I love it. And it's true to the mission statement. I got guys here that will be product. I'll be proctoring exams for them this week. And that's the focal point. You got an exam, you're going to make sure you take it because that's why you're here. So of course, well, nobody knows that can appreciate that more than you, but sorry, sorry, continue. No, I was just saying it is the true, for me, the true sort of uh, meaning of student athlete. And I, and I love being behind that mission statement. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you go to a high school or a school like Hunter, Hunter High School, not to be confused with Hunter College people, right? Um, don't know if you left since you graduated. I'm, I'm not sure if you knew for, I think for 14 of the next 15 years, they led the nation in um, cumulative SAT scores and Ivy League, oh, wow. applic and Ivy League application acceptance. So, so since, since I left, they were able to raise the average since I left. Yeah. Yeah. But I got to tell you, that's, let me, when I coached, I had freshmen. Who who whose intelligence was was on was on par with mine? <laughs> a full yeah, a full grown not? ass man with two you know yeah. with a with an education a street education and a college degree. So, yeah. but I just wanted to let your players know, you know, before Vassar, which is also a highly academically competitive school, never not just not just your sister school. This yeah. man this man went to, to let him know this man went to a high school where the kids were smarter than the college grads. Man, it is ridiculous. It is I don't ridiculous. know. I, I throw in, I throw in uh, some polysyllabic words and some high you know, <laughs> words, and, and they go, "What? You should know what that word means. You should know what erudite means. Come on, come on, man, get with me." Yeah, definitely. So, Sam, listen. Good luck this Sunday. Uh, Thank the, you. I, my podcast. I don't know if you heard it. We can go long form. We can go all night. But one, I got I really got everything I needed from you. And two. Um, we're hungry. We got. I mean, it's 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 late. We're here. taking we're taking the team to dinner in about ten yeah. minutes. It's perfect. Perfect. Right. perfect. Yeah. Cool. Hey, make sure I'm on your guest list, man. I'm I'm. I'll dress up for it. I got you. <laughs> T i t i b e l i u s. Yep. D i b e l i u s. So, yep. anything, any um particular site or plug? Anyone wants to know about more about Princeton athletics or or Sam Schweitzkin, what you've been up to with camp, camps and this. Is there a particular site or an IG handle or, uh, or stuff yeah, like I mean, that? Yeah, you know, Princeton, Princeton Volley, at Princeton Volley uh, is our Instagram and our Twitter. Uh, we share with our women's program, which I love. I love that we are, they're our family through and through. And so it's really cool. We have content for everything. But yeah, we have camps and stuff. But yeah, I mean, I just, my plug would be for guys like you, guys like off the block, anyone that's doing stuff for volleyball, and promoting volleyball, I just want to say thank you. You know, we're really appreciative. Men's volleyball is, uh, it's a niche sport. And people take the time to do podcasts or promote. Uh, it's really special. And it really touches my heart. So thank you for everything you're doing for, for the sport. For everybody else that would say that on the West Coast, because I'm, I'm still beefing with these guys, I would say you're welcome. But for you, I will say the pleasure is all mine. The pleasure is all mine. Ladies and gentlemen, Sam Schweisky might love you, but I don't love any of you. In fact, I can't stand any of you. So we're out of here, right? So for all of you at home, for all of you on your iPad or iPhone or droids, if that still exists, for all of you on your desktop, that still exists. Old school, baby. For my man, Sam Schweitzky of Princeton University, we're wishing him good luck in the NCAAs. I'm Jason DeBea. Stay with me. I'm going to hit my music. And we're out. Come check out the Option Podcast on optiondb.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're going to love what you hear.